Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 469. Be informed. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Barb Rankin, and I was three credit hours short of obtaining a second college degree in history and political science during my undergraduate years. And I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share what I've learned about the importance of being informed before making a decision or casting a ballot. Well, happy Tuesday, everyone. I hope your week is going well. I'm getting very close to wrapping up a multi-bathroom renovation project that's kept me indoors for a few weeks. And that's not such a bad thing since it's been hovering around the one-teens here in Phoenix. I am so grateful for air conditioning and for indoor projects. During this very hot summer, I'm sure that quite a few of you feel exactly the same way. So we're going to move on to another hot topic this week, and that's politics. Since I'm going to talk about voting today, I thought I'd throw out a few fun facts about the presidential election and national conventions, but I'm not going to talk about 2016, so don't worry. We're going to travel back in time to 1972. So here's some fun facts from that period. Number one, both the Democratic and the Republican national conventions in 1972 were held in Miami Beach, Florida, which became both the third and the last city to host both conventions in the same city in the same year. Can you imagine the work that the police force had to go through at that time? Oy vey. Fact number two. The Republican National Convention was originally going to be held in San Diego, however, A deal couldn't be reached, and a scandal surrounding one of the investors in the San Diego sports arena brought the convention to Miami Beach instead. Number three. During the Republican National Convention, the police had to subdue protesters with pepper gas, and TV journalist Andrea Mitchell, covering her first convention, got sprayed in the eyes. Who says a newspaper reporter doesn't have a tough job? Number four, the Democratic Party fielded 15 declared candidates for the presidency, 15, one of whom was Shirley Chisholm, a New York congressman and the first major party black candidate for the president of the United States, as well as the first woman to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. So she was pretty far ahead of her time. Number five, the Democratic Party nominated Senator George McGovern of South Dakota as their presidential candidate and Senator Thomas Eagleton as vice president. Eagleton would be replaced by Sergeant Shriver shortly thereafter when it came to light that Eagleton had undergone mental health treatment. Number six, Richard Nixon was the president and incumbent, representing the Republican Party. Spiro T. Agnew remained on the ticket as the incumbent vice president. Agnew would resign less than one year after re-election as he was being investigated for, among other things, accepting bribes, and he would plead guilty to one count of failure to report income. 
He would be replaced as vice president by Gerald Ford. Number seven. In the November election, Nixon won by a landslide with 61% of the popular vote carrying 49 states. McGovern lost his home state of South Dakota, winning only Massachusetts and the District of Columbia. Less than two years later, on August 9, 1974, Nixon would resign from the presidency rather than face likely impeachment charges for his role in the Watergate scandal and other allegations. These fun facts come to you today from MiamiBeach411.com and Wikipedia. And as you can tell, politics hasn't changed much over the years, has it? Now this year, the Republican National Convention has already ended and the Democratic National Convention is underway. I'll bet you can knock out a Friday Forum contribution during the commercial breaks. What do you think about that? I know you guys have great stories to share with the Golden Spiral Media community, and I've heard many of them, and I'd love to hear some more. This is your opportunity to share what you've learned in the Friday Forum, and I want to learn from you. Now, you can typey-typey out a message, or you can send in an audio recording. You can visit the feedback page. You can call the voice feedback line at 304-837-2278. You know the drill. So send something in this week. Let's fill up that mailbag, shall we? And I just can't wait to hear from you. So what did I learn yesterday? When I was in the sixth grade, I, along with several of my classmates, were given the privilege of assisting the librarians in the elementary school library. We checked books out to students, and then we put the books away when they were returned. I always seemed to be assigned to the history section. And at some point, I began reading biographies of famous people throughout history. I realized years later that many of these were simply historical fiction, geared to the younger reader, but I found their lives and stories to be fascinating. I would often eagerly wait for a book that I wanted to read to be returned to the library, and when it was, I'd check it out to myself. My love of history continued until the eighth grade, when a less-than-inspiring history teacher turned me off to the subject. Fortunately, my ninth grade civics teacher was new to teaching, she was enthusiastic, and she kindled my interest in political science and government. When I began attending a new smaller school in the 10th grade, my new homeroom teacher was also my history teacher, and he remained both through my senior year. I couldn't wait to read my history assignments and to learn from him. History and political science became alive as he had us scouring the newspapers for current events. As we grew from teenagers to adults, he wanted us to be good citizens, be informed citizens, when we finally took our places at the poll to vote. So when we left for summer vacation in 1972, he gave us an assignment. We were to prepare a report in an old-fashioned duotang folder about the Democratic and Republican national conventions that were both to be held in Miami. That's where we lived, after all. We were going to be there where the, all the hub and all the excitement was going to be occurring that summer. We were to gather newspaper articles on the key issues and positions of each candidate and then summarize and compare them. This would cover both the foreign and domestic policy and the respective party platforms. Although the majority of the class would not be able to vote, I was 16 going on 17, after all. 
This would be his only chance to teach us an important lesson on making an informed choice in a presidential election prior to our graduation. Now, elections are not the only time when we need to do our homework and make an informed choice. We do this every day at work and at home. We do it when we make important decisions, whether it's buying a home, deciding which college to attend, accepting a new job, moving across the country. I'm currently completing renovations of the bathrooms in my home. While it might have been easy to simply walk into the local home improvement store and purchase new toilets, I needed to do some homework. I checked consumer reports for ratings and performance, wanting to ensure that I purchased a reliable and water-saving product. I read reviews by people who had purchased the products to see whether they had been satisfied or not. I considered the cost of my purchase against my renovation budget and the timely availability of my chosen product so that we could remain on schedule. I spoke with my plumber to get his expert knowledge. Ultimately, I made my decision and my purchase, but I needed to make an informed decision. And no, I can guess what you might be thinking, but I am not comparing politics to bathroom humor. When I returned to high school in the fall, my report was ready. The cover had a picture from one of the conventions with a red, white, and blue balloons, ribbons, and then confetti dropping from the ceiling. The key issues of the period, ending the Vietnam War, newly established relations with China, the plight of the poor, women's rights, were documented in the pages. We discussed each issue we had researched in class. We did not disparage the candidates and their personal struggles particularly the revelations about Thomas Eagleton. Our teacher taught us to stick to the facts and that personal attacks were cruel, that they didn't accomplish anything and weren't necessary as part of the election process. And although we couldn't vote, our teacher had a ballot box and we voted. He wanted us to be ready, to be informed, and to be prepared. Here's what I learned. Political bickering seems to be at an all-time high these days. Candidates take shots at their rivals and worse, at the families of those rivals. Social media reports every nasty, rotten word that is said by anyone. Rhetoric seems to have taken the place of actually talking about key issues in an adult manner. In the midst of this, it can be difficult to sift through the messy news reports and find real information. It may take extra research, extra time. It may require examining past practices of the candidates to see what they did in real-life situations. I've learned that voting is a privilege and a responsibility. I will be informed on big and little decisions. I want to stick to the issues. I will make an effort to stay away from the mudslinging. I will treat differing opinions with respect just as I expect my opinions to be respected. And in November, I will vote. Thanks to a great teacher. I'm Barb Rankin, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday.
To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes.